Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Giving you everything you need to fight the Trump administration. This is The Bill Press Show. Live at YouTube.com slash The Bill Press Show. All right, and a happy Memorial Day. Yes, indeed. A special broadcast here for Memorial Day and joining all of you on this great day. And don't forget what it is uh, all about. Uh, take time out. Uh, in addition to all the picnics and the barbecues and the ball games and all that kind of fun, but take time out to honor those who serve today and who have served uh, our country uh, in uniform for Memorial Day. Uh, 2018. Uh, we have a very special guest here for our uh, beginning of our Memorial Day broadcast. I started to say podcast. It's podcast and broadcast. Igor Volsky from uh, the Center for American Progress Action Fund, frequent guest on the show and frequent guest in the big chair here. Hello, Igor. Hey, Bill. How you doing? Good to be happy here. Happy holiday. Happy ho- well, happy, your happy dress, holiday to you You're dressed well. for the holiday. Yeah. I am. You know, I, it, it's like, nice out. I thought I'd come in a little relaxed. This is like home rule, right? Meaning the, the, the shirt. Explain the shirt. The people may not understand. No, so there's a series of shirts, and it says my shirt. Uh, it home. has the, the, the outline of D.C. and then the word home inside of it. And you can get this for any state you'd like. So this isn't home rule. This is just... An uh, indication that to you, the place that you're wearing is home. Oh, I So you thought, can get Delaware for you, for instance. California. I mean, it California. started in Delaware, but today, California. Well, I haven't, haven't read the book yet, Bill. Yeah. I'll, I would have uh, known that if I would have gotten it sooner. You, you haven't read. I'm making a. You haven't read From the Left, A, a Life, <laughs> a life in the Crossfire. Any opportunity. Yet? I love it. Okay. See? Like Igor, uh, if you don't have one, BillPressShow.com. That's where you find it. Uh, anyhow, it's good to see you today. Good on to be here. On a serious topic, you've been doing such great work on the issue of gun safety at the Center for American Progress. Um, so we have the latest that I know of, Santa Fe, Texas, nine students killed, one teacher killed, a uh, 17-year-old student with a revolver and a solo shotgun. And unlike after Parkland, Florida, no movement there on the part of the parents or the kids to do anything about gun safety. Why not? Well, let me say a couple of things. Or maybe, Bill. or am I wrong? Look, I think what's happening here and, and across the United States is a real awakening to the consequences of gun violence and to the consequences of allowing the NRA to hijack the conversation about gun safety for decades. And the consequence is 100 gun deaths every single day in the United States and mass shootings like the one we saw last week uh, in, in Texas that are more frequent than ever, right? And so seeing all of that, um, I started an organization called Guns Down America with the goal of setting out a bold new objective for the gun movement. And that objective is moving us towards a world with fewer guns. Because until we tackle the problem of having, one, 
310 million guns in circulation. That's more guns than people. And two, the fact that those guns are so easy to get, both new guns and the guns in circulation, we're never going to solve this. So it's time to get serious. And then how do you do that, right? You do that by weakening the NRA in every single way. So going after the corporate uh, relationships that they have, uh, going after them directly, uh, shaming the lawmakers who take their money and then do nothing. And then I think um, you really start thinking about policies that make guns scarce and and start to claw back some of those millions and millions and millions of guns that are out there. How? But why, why is it just because it's Texas? Why wasn't there more local um, outrage, you know, in Santa Fe? It looked like the people there just sort of said, well, this is, this is the way it is these days, almost the new normal. There is a level of resignation of this is what we are to expect in a nation where there are so I mean, many guns, right? So people, yeah, people recognize that. The, you know, I think there's there's a certain level of, oh, well, what, would the, what will the government do? Oh, the NRA has spent so much money on these lawmakers. What can we possibly do? And the reality is there's nothing we can do overnight, right? That it's going to take time. But the number one thing you can do is in November, you can vote for lawmakers who aren't NRA rated, right, who don't take NRA money. So if you want to do something to prevent this, that's the clearest uh, clearest action you can take. But, you know, we know from all kinds of movements that we've seen in this country, the civil rights movement, uh, the women's rights movement, the LGBT movement, all of this takes time. It takes decades and decades and decades. We have to build a movement that counters the 20 or 30 years that the NRA has invested in trying to convince the American people that guns make them safer. But you can understand, can't you, why some people say, look, after uh, Sandy Hook, nothing. After Las Vegas, nothing. After Parkland, Florida, nothing. Right? Where people just say, it's hopeless. Well, let me quibble with you on that. There have been states, and after Parkland, I think you've seen 12 states that have taken action to make guns harder to get. Now, of course, we need a federal change because you can just bring a gun from from another state. That's what happens in Chicago, for instance. Most of those guns come from um, from uh, Indiana and other bordering states. So things are happening on the local level. Things are happening on the state level. The question is, as you point out, what's the hope for federal reform? And that's where people, A, people have to vote, but B, you also have to have leaders on our side who are organizing people around bold principles that actually get them excited and make them believe that 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 will fix the problem. Now, I love a good background check. I want to see universal background checks. I think the Chris Murphy bill to do background checks that he's introduced in the Senate is stronger than the bill that we had after after Newtown. It's a good bill, but it's not going to take us all the way there because we have so many guns in circulation. So what I think would be helpful towards getting us towards federal change Mm -hmm. is for leaders like Chris Murphy and others to stand up and say, we are establishing a new paradigm for this movement. We are saying we what we're prioritizing isn't the gun, which is what the NRA has convinced us is the most important thing, the right to have a gun. 
What we're prioritizing is the safety of our communities and is the safety of our schools. And the only way we get to that safe place is if we move towards a world with fewer guns. Right. That's the organizing principle we need to see. It's the same thing like in the in the marriage fight, right? You didn't have people, I mean, you did initially, but towards the end, you didn't have people who were like, all we need is civil unions. Give me a civil union. No, the organizing principle was around marriage and full equality, and I'd like to see that with guns. Okay, well, I'll quibble back with oh, you. Oh, go ahead. You know, some of these states, yeah, have done something. Like Florida, okay, they said you have to be 21 and not 18 to buy an assault rifle. BFD, that doesn't really fix anything. And and everybody now praising Rick Scott for passing. I'm not praising Rick Scott. I agree with you. Of course, yeah. you, of course you can just go around that restriction because you can buy that weapon um, yeah. online without any kind of age restrictions, without any kind of background check. Obviously, we need we need to do more. We need to go further. But you know, it took it took us uh, a long time to get here, and it, it took the NRA a lot of money to kind of move public opinion in this direction. You're not going to see a light switch. It's going to be piece by piece by piece. But again, yeah. it's all of those pieces leading up to one big bold goal. Yeah, I mean, look and understand. You could not go far enough on gun safety for me, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I. I I love the 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 some of the ideas that have come out come out like you've mentioned uh, the background checks, uh, trigger locks, whatever. Right? I I'd go all the way to register every single every yeah, single none of, gun none, in America. None of, the, none of these are radical ideas. No, like no. gun registration, you see everywhere else in the world. It was yeah, a big yeah. point of contention in 1968 but, when we were having a, a gun debate then, and it almost became reality. So none of this is is really crazy. It's how the rest of the world lives. We're the outlier. No, no, exactly. So I just want to be clear. I mean, you, 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 I don't care how strong you are. I'm with you. Right? Thank you, Bill. But I am, que I'm, I'm questioning how we get there and how we also wake up the American people that they have to make this a priority. Yeah, the American you... people are woken up. I am not concerned about the American people. You look at polling on this; those numbers are high. The but, challenge we face, yes, this is, I'm getting there, the challenge, exactly, the challenge we face is translating that support that they say to pollsters, yes, right, yes, into to actual political power, absolutely. into actual organizing, and absolutely. into actual voting. Right. And that is a process that, as you start to stand up the infrastructure to build a movement around a bold idea that excites people, that gets them energized, and you lay out a clear strategy for getting towards that idea, you'll start to see people buying in, people joining, and all of us together moving moving towards this. And one other thing I'll say to you is, you remember during the fight for marriage equality that there, at one point uh, in, in the mid-2000s, was a tipping point where a lot of Americans who hadn't thought about those issues knew people in their family, knew friends, knew neighbors who were gay and lesbian, and eventually opinion changed and people thought, my goodness, you know, they should be allowed to marry. We're reaching a place in this country where the number of mass shootings, the number of everyday gun violence you now have Americans tell pollsters that they know somebody who's been impacted by gun violence. And that 
number will continue to grow because it will continue to get worse before it gets better. And not only that, not only do people know family and friends and, com and community members who've been impacted by gun violence, which is shifting their opinion, but they can see themselves being impacted by it as well. They could be impacted. Their children could be impacted. That's why you can't, there's a wave coming. You can't unfurl that. You can't pull that back no matter how much the NRA tries. And the fact that you now have young people waking up in this country to the horrors of gun violence, you know, they do drills in schools about this. Now it's coming to their schools for real. That's a real generational change where young people in this country, A, don't have the same kind of reverence for guns as older people do, and B, uh, they recognize the NRA for what it is, which is a lobby that is helping the gun industry sell more guns and not someone who's concerned about civil rights or constitutional rights or anything like that. All of that's true, but I would argue and I, uh, that uh, until it gets to the point where a politician doesn't dare take NRA money because they know they're going to lose their seat if they do or doesn't dare oppose reasonable gun safety measures because they know they're going to lose their seat at, if they do. They're not there. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. We're, we're, we're not there yet. We're a long way from there. But so even, again, after Sandy Hook and after Parkland and after Las Vegas, if that doesn't do it, what is it going to take? I mean, Bill, you, what is it going to take? I can't tell you what it's going to take, but I can tell I, you where the trend lines are going. I think what it's going to what it's going to take is, frankly, a lot of work on all of our parts in organizing around this issue. That it's definitely going to take. But what gives me hope in this is a the trend lines, but b when I step back and I look at what some, are the trend lines? Oh, the trend lines of 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 young people being on the right side of this issue of the number of gun owners in America shrinking, of hunting, you know, in a couple of decades won't even be a thing for all kinds of different reasons. So, so <laughs> well, there's- Won't be so any this, animals left. This, <laughs> well, Trump has his way. This, um, this reverence that past generations may have had for the gun, I think is fading. I think the relationship and the cultural significance of firearms is beginning to diminish. Um, and so all of th those trend lines are undeniable. Um, and also, uh, you know, the fact that mass shootings are getting worse. Daily gun violence continues to go up. Um, all of that, I think, is gonna is gonna hit a point of change, but it's gonna it's gonna take time. And the civil rights movement took decades, right, to lay the groundwork. But, um, to have actual, but you must admit too. While some states have done many, many, many little protections, other states are going in the opposite direction at the same time, allowing more open carry in more places. Right. Yes, and those states will see higher levels of gun violence. There's no doubt about that. More, more, more guns, more guns in circulation. Yeah. So, if you uh, had your druthers today, right? I mean, and you could say, okay, here are the one, two, three, four steps that the Congress could do or a state legislature could do Yeah, that is going to make us safer. Yeah. Okay, let what me say... You, you mentioned background checks, which I think we all agree, but you know, what do you think of the 
three or four top priorities? So I think uh, a federal license to carry a firearm, if you need a license to carry a gun, you need to, I'm sorry, if you need a license to drive a car, you need a yeah. license to carry a gun, yeah. right? Number one. Absolutely. So a federal license. Number two, require training for firearm ownership. So you need to prove to me uh, on some kind of semi-annual basis that you know how to shoot the firearm that you have and that you are licensed to have. And of course, the license would, would come with a complete background check, as you'd imagine. But, but, and you can follow the analogy of the car. Exactly. You need a license for the car. You need, you exactly. need to learn right. how to use it. Yeah, learn how to use it. You precisely. took a course. I firearms. took a two-day course yes. out in Las Vegas uh, at a huge shooting range. This was back in 2016. It was one of the most intense thing I've done. I've done it. I did it in these red shoes, by the way, which I don't know why I did that, but it, it got a lot of looks mm. from from my fellow uh, classmates. It was very hard. I don't know if I picked up a gun now that I would remember how to use it, which only reinforces to me the fact that yeah. Uh, we got to have these certifications yeah. and these trainings on a, on a daily basis, on a, okay. not a daily, but on a frequent yeah. basis. So licensing, training, obviously you'd want to ban all assault weapons. Um, and then the other piece of this, Bill, and this is where it gets... Uh, uh, background this is where checks? You, well, background checks would go with the licensing. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but this is where you have to be careful because you don't want to over-criminalize this problem because we, we've seen what that does. That only funnels folks into the criminal justice system in very unfair, unjust, and racist ways and adds to the, the, criminal, the, the incarceration problem we have in this country. And so there has to be a piece of this that goes after the gun manufacturers in a real way. Right now they're producing products that are unregulated, that goes after uh, gun sellers in a very serious way. Right now a gun is stolen in this country every two minutes because there are really no real standards that are enforceable for locking up those guns at gun stores. So I would spend a lot of time thinking about the top of the food chain when it comes to firearms. And then finally, in terms of the existing guns, the existing guns, the 310 million guns in circulation, I would start thinking through incentive packages and gun buyback programs uh, that will start to claw back so some of the guns um, and and help uh, you know help usher us towards a future with, with uh, they've worked in some other countries uh, well you know they've worked depending on how they how they're structured right. right so you have to have financing in some other countries you're probably thinking of Australia yeah the, those buybacks were mandatory here it, it would it'd be it'd be that would be a harder law to pass um, but I think that depending on how you structure structure these programs, uh, that you and and depending on how attractive you make these programs to people, um, that you can you can get a significant number of guns off the street. You know we're now running a campaign. I should note. I should mention uh, through Guns Down against Bank of America, uh, that has uh, just you know recently news broke that they were bailing out Remington Arms. In fact, bailed out Remington Arms, which is the company that yeah. manufactured the Sandy Hook assault weapon. Um, and is also the company that manufactured the shotgun in the Santa Fe shooting last week, uh, Bank of America gave Remington Arms $42 million to help that company restructure 
its um, its books and get out of bankruptcy. And when I called Bank of America and said, "What are you like? What are you guys doing? Why would you do that?" Uh, they said, "Well, you know, after Parkland, we promised not to do business with assault weapon makers, but this was a deal that was on the books. We couldn't get out of it. This is going to be the last such deal." Da, da, da. I said, "I don't care. You have given Remington Arms forty-two million dollars." Remington Arms will go on to make assault weapons. Those assault weapons and revolvers and shotguns, et cetera, will go on and kill more people. Your financing will result in the death of more people. What are you going to do about that, Bank of America? I mean, the whole financial thing, I think, is some, uh, some the people haven't explored the possibilities there. Yeah. In ter- also, in terms of, I remember uh, the big campaign to boycott companies that were that were um, uh, doing business with South Africa yeah part of the apartheid yep. movement yep if you, if you could do that for pe- people who are investing either through the mutual fund or whatever yep. in gun companies yep. gun manufacturing yes. companies and this and is what I mean when that. I say and go cut, after the cut big off the supply of money exactly and that's exactly what I mean when I say go after the big boys and not yeah. not the actual gun users so you don't run into the problem of over criminalizing can, the problem. can you can someone sue today a gun manufacturer? Yes, and they have. Victim families have sued uh, gun manufacturers. Uh, those lawsuits uh, have been challenging given the 2006 law that shields them from the, from those kinds of suits in most cases. Right. Um, b- b- want to be sure we get this. You in. know, that's the thing people, that Bernie Sanders voted for, actually. I, uh, <laughs> people want to... Um, Join Gunstown. Oh, yes. Go to gunsdownamerica.org. Gunsdownamerica.org. You can learn all about our campaign uh, against Bank of America. By the way, Bill, we are circulating a billboard truck around their headquarters in Charlotte, North Carolina uh, right now. Wait, Uh, whose headquarters? Bank of America's headquarters. Oh, Bank of America. Yes, yes, yes. I thought thought you were talking NRA again because I was going to say I thought they were down Route 66. They they are. They're in a very big building. Right. So, but please join uh, gunsdownamerica.org. Learn about all of our campaigns. Learn about our mission. Uh, Again, this isn't just about solving a piece of the problem or thinking about in the realm of, oh, what is possible. This is about where we need to go and building a real movement to get there. Right. And, um, the there are Bank of Americas everywhere, right? I mean, you don't have to go to Charlottesville to protest Bank no, of America. No, you d- you yeah. do not. You can let them let, let them know. Um, and um, yeah, that's one of the reasons I don't bank at Bank of America. There you go. I, one of the reasons I'm glad I don't bank at Bank of America. Who do you see today, other than yourself, of course? But what one of the things that I that I find lacking is the uh, leadership on this issue. You mentioned leadership a little earlier. Which may, I remember the day when nothing would happen bad about a, 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 any school shooting or a mall shooting or whatever. Chuck Schumer would be right out there saying, we got to do something on this, right? I haven't heard Chuck Schumer talk about gun safety for I don't know how long. Even Dianne Feinstein, who was the one who, who authored the assault weapons ban. I don't hear her out there that much anymore. It seems to me that even the Democrats in Congress have kind of backed away from this issue. Well, do they, you sense that lack of leadership or urgency? Look, I always want uh, lawmakers to do more on this issue. I always want lawmakers. Chris to, Murphy, you mentioned, is really 
yeah, and to set strong. out big bold objectives, yeah. yes. not just the background yes. check bill I have, but what is the right. future that you see? Right to me, it's a future yeah. with fewer guns. I think Chris agrees, but he just needs to say that more. But to me, Bill, the real leaders it's are got to be a priority. It's got to be a priority. The real leaders to me are out there in the country, are the young people all across this country in Parkland and elsewhere who are registering people to vote, who are educating themselves and their communities about the horrors of all of this, and who are having very real conversations about what their generation can do to solve this problem in a way that past generations haven't been able to do. Um, and so that's where you're going to see the change, I think, is, is from, uh, from those communities saying we are fed up with with the deaths that we're seeing with burying our children and lawmakers who continue to take money from an organization that only cares about its preserving itself and its power the nra uh they're not going to represent us anymore you got to watch for, watch out for the nra because ollie north is in charge now yeah, the convicted felon and weapons seller and uh, drug really, smuggler Ollie North really really uh, adds is, up to the perfect person for the NRA. Is doesn't the it? new NRA spokesperson? It's 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 quite quite remarkable indeed. I'm just, but you know the support is there. I'm just keeping think back at the March for Our Lives uh, movement, you know, or the big rally here in Washington, yeah. the protests. It was. Incredible, and and similar protests all over the country. That's right, and you time. saw on the on the and back people end turned out. It was incredible. Yeah, and on the back end of that, you, we have seen voter registration rates for young people increase in the aftermath of that, and we of course need to sustain that all the way through November and all the way through twenty twenty. Right, and the tw this this year, twenty eighteen, is the opportunity, I think, to challenge every everybody running for Congress, state legislature, city council. Congress, U.S. Senate, right? Not to vote until you know where they stand on gun safety issues. Yeah, it is. See, I mean, we have the power I, here, right? I it hate single-purpose kind of uh, politics, but in this case, I'm willing to make this a single-purpose issue. What greater purpose is there than the lives of our children? You may disagree with a lawmaker on his stance on a, a whole host of different things, and those things are not insignificant. But the core of what your elected member should care about is the lives of their constituents rather than the political donations they're going to get from a gun lobby. And the people who have that equation backwards, which is most members of uh, of of we know what party, mm -hmm. uh, they they don't deserve to be there anymore. Right. Uh, you know, this is the time. This is the time where people can really make a difference, and we could really turn the corner. Yeah. And God hope that we do. Um, you know, I, as a as a father and a grandfather, to see the killing fields in this country become elementary schools and high schools is just you know something that we cannot you, tolerate. You know, it's people just, blame, and we saw after this shooting, everything oh, yeah. but the gun oh, for yeah. this happening. Doors. Oh no! It's video the, games. Teachers not having guns, uh, Roe v. Wade, health, Roe v. Wade, Roe the fact v. That Wade, yes, yeah. Ritalin, you mm -hmm. name it. All what all of these shootings have in common is gun and easy access to the gun, and that's what we need to change. All right, Igor Volsky, doing a great, great job, great leadership, uh, as uh, particularly on this issue, but a lot of other issues for a long time. The organization is Guns Down. It's gun, gun da, guns. Gun, guns Down. Guns yeah. Down guns America. Guns Down America. Org. Org. I put the S in the wrong place. 
GunsDownAmerica.org. Thanks, Igor. Keep up the good fight. Happy Memorial Day. Thank Thanks you, Bill. You us. as well. All right. This is the Bill Press Show. A special edition of the Bill Press Show for Memorial Day 2018. I uh, hope you're enjoying the day. Uh, and uh, we've got lots of good plans. Relax, picnic, barbecue, baseball, whatever. Uh, don't forget to take time out and remember what Memorial Day is all about. And uh, say a word of thanks to those who are serving our, our country throughout the world uh, in uniform today and have done so in the past, um, making America great again or keeping America great again or strong again, as someone might say. Uh, on this Memorial Day uh, special edition, we are proud to welcome back to the studio our good friend from HuffPo. I still call it Huffington Post once in a while. It's all right. Uh, it's Travis Waldron. Hello, Travis. Good to see you. Good to see you. How are you? All right. I'm doing doing great. Thank you. Um, this issue, we still think of you somewhat as a sports reporter. Still, well, as long as the national anthem is an issue, I'm a sports reporter. And it's still an issue, right? <laughs> it's come more and more and more. In fact, uh, Donald Trump the other day um, said something just the end of last week, about um, what should happen to these NFL players if they uh, if they don't stand for that. He's still on this case. It would not be an issue if he had not made it an issue, really. Huh? Well, it would be a little bit of one. A little bit of one because of Colin Kaepernick. Right. right? Yeah. And who still doesn't but have a But he's the one driving. But Donald Trump's driving it and, and, and made it a huge It's the reason issue. it hasn't gone away for two years. Now. And Right. And he still won't let go of it. Here he is most recently. You have to stand proudly for the national anthem well you shouldn't be playing you shouldn't be there maybe you shouldn't be in the country yeah maybe not even in maybe the country you shouldn't be in the country yeah right that's america right so what what if you is disagree, uh, if you protest in america these days yeah if you protest time to go protest anything you gotta, gotta go the country so he said that in response to what the owners put forth which is uh that if you are on the team and you're there at the game on the field you must stand or else. Why and what are the, what do they mean by that? Well, this is what this is this highlights the the stupidity of this NFL thing that the owners did this is that it's still not good enough for him. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. We we've seen over and over again now that if you give Trump an inch, he wants a mile. Right. And if and, you cave into him a little bit, it's and, still and they're not they're being cowards and they're being fools, and they thought that they were going to appease him or appease these people who frankly just want something to be mad about and who oppose the very idea of a black man using his platform and using his voice. And uh, and, and and it's not going to work. It's yeah. It's yeah. it's not going to make Trump happy. He's using this this is his culture war. This is Donald Trump greasing his base, goosing his base. By pointing at the, bl- the at the black man and saying, "Look at the problem." Right. Um, He's been doing this for years. America has a long history of this, mm-hmm. of not just with black people, but with black athletes, of white politicians and white people looking at black athletes who protest, who use their voice, who who do whatever, and say. That's the problem. And as a lot of people have pointed out, they say, like, oh, there's a right way to protest. You shouldn't be, right. yeah. you know, uh, inciting violence or participating in violence. There's a right way to do it. It's no, you no, know, no, no. White way. Yeah. The white way. The white way to do it. There's yes, exactly. That's a better way to put it, Bill. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> and so now they are doing it the, the quote-unquote right way. Uh, and 
doing it silently. Right, and that's what they mean by right way. The right way is don't talk. Mm-hmm. Don't do anything. Don't yeah. let me be. Yeah. Let me have my football and not think about anything. Yeah. Let me have whatever and not think about anything. Hey, I want to ask you. Uh, uh, this, wanna, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I just uh, want to say, like, how how much of a price is the NFL had to pay for these protests, right? Like, Donald Trump will go out and say, oh, people aren't watching the NFL as much anymore because of these protests. I haven't watched the NFL in a couple of years, mostly because they had a terrible policy with regards to their players that were beating women. Right. And so, like, there are a lot of reasons to not watch the NFL. Well, this this question hits on two things, which is, one, it's hard to know how many people aren't watching. NFL ratings were down a little bit last year, but if you actually dig into the numbers and count streaming, it showed that more people hmm. watch the NFL. Hmm. Uh, it's sort of the whole ESPN debate, right, of ESPN got liberal and people started turning it off. It's like, no, not really. Um the second part is we only talk about the fans. The fans are mad. Well, no, it's it's a small segment of white fans. Mm-hmm. We we're not. No one ever mentions the black fans, or the liberal fans, or the whoever fans who might be mad that Colin Kaepernick's not on a team. Yeah, that Eric Reed's not on a team. That the NFL has systematically shut these guys down. Like those fans count too. Mm-hmm. And you know you get a you get a real good lens into the view of the NFL on who their fans are because of who they're trying to cater to. Well, so and, and they think they think, well, the white guy is my fan, right? But right. the the black guy or the black woman or the Hispanic man or woman who might be like, yo, Colin Kaepernick's got a point, and mm-hmm. if he's not on a team, I'm not watching. Yeah. Or buying tickets. Right. And and you look at like Colin Kaepernick last year at the beginning of the season was not on a team and his jersey was like in the top ten of sales. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. But those fans it's don't amazing. matter to the NFL. They don't register to the NFL. So when the, when the owners say that you're going to pay a price if you don't stand, are they going to throw them out of the game? Are they going to find them? Or what, what, They say what they're they? going to find them. I would lo- I'd, I'd love to see it. Every single time. Every single time. I mean, and this is this goes back to this is a labor issue, right? Like, this isn't just a racial issue; it's also a labor issue. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. The NFL is the same the the same thing that Trump is doing. Trump is exerting his power, right? He's he's saying he's using his bully pulpit. pulpit. The NFL is doing the same thing. It's this is we have the power to do this. We have the power to tell you to sit down and shut up and play football. If the union and the players don't see that, and specifically the white players, because they're the ones who have less to risk here. Yeah, sure, sure. Colin Kaepernick, Eric Reed, Malcolm Jenkins, these guys who have been pushing this, you know, they they can choose their way forward. But if the the white players, there have been very few white players who have who have had their back. And at this point, if you don't say, disgusting, this is a labor issue now. Yeah, they are telling us that we have to shut up. And it's not, they're not saying you have to shut up if you want to talk about racial issues. They're saying you have to shut up if you want to talk. Right. Yeah. I mean, where's the team spirit? Right. right? Yeah. Seriously. We talk about all this brotherhood and. Yeah. Yeah. Well, show you know, it. Yeah. I mean, and if they think, <laughs> it, it's it's sort of like if the owners think that they were going to satisfy Trump by giving in a little bit. If the players think they're going to satisfy their owners, 
by going along with something like this, right. they're kidding themselves. Right. They'll never, yeah. they'll never no. satisfy the owners. No. The owners will always want more money. They'll always want more right. control. Yeah. <clears throat> this is the history of this league and sports leagues in general. So to your point, uh, HuffPost, it might be your article. I don't, I don't know. I, I just saw the headline on the front page this morning points out that since Colin Kaepernick first took a knee, 378 mm-hmm. black Americans have been killed by police officers right. in this country, which is the point he was trying to right, make exactly. in the first so place. Been, this, has been, this has been like a somewhat recurring series for us is just a reminder. Doing the numbers. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. this, is, this is what Colin Kaepernick was talking about. Right. And but, I mean, this I, wasn't about the national anthem. And it's still not actually about the national anthem. Right. It's yeah. for the NFL, for Donald Trump, for the players. It's not about the national anthem. The national anthem has become the the tool of divisiveness in this. Colin Kaepernick wasn't protesting the national anthem. Mm-hmm. Yep. He was using the national anthem to make a point. And his point's a good one, which is that our police are killing a lot of black people and a lot of people of color. And there's a real problem with racism in this country. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, they're doing that's happening, and we're not doing anything about it. Right. And what he was trying to say is we have to start taking this seriously. And, right. And the guy, the guy who wrote that piece is uh, a coworker of mine. We, I wrote an earlier version of that piece, and, and we were going through the numbers yesterday. And it's remarkable that if, you know, because you have to take the database that the Washington Post has, and you've got to kind of break down the numbers and you can pick basically like any 365 day period and the numbers are almost identical really yeah it's it doesn't change it hasn't changed in the 3 years that we've been talking about this now and you know that's what Colin Kaepernick was talking about so it this just happened in Donald Trump's latest statement um i guess we won't know until we get to uh the season starts right right yeah we'll see i mean which is, by the way, not that far because they start playing football now in the middle of summer. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, they'll <laughs> yeah, be before Labor Day or before, right around right? Labor Day. Yeah, yeah. So we'll before. see. I mean, I like I I would be shocked if it goes away. And also, I mean, Republicans. It's not just Trump. Republicans are. There was a good piece in Politico last week by Ben Strauss that re- Republicans are still running on this. They're still pointing at Colin Kaepernick as look at the angry black man mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. try and gin up. Conservative votes. They'll continue to do that. Oh, yeah. they, they, it'll oh yeah. only, it's really it, easy to do. Yeah, and it'll only get worse as the as the midterms get near. Yep. Like th- this, Colin Kaepernick is. It's unfortunately, it's Don- not going away in the wrong way. Donald Can, Trump will be running on this on t- in twenty twenty. Hundred percent. Like, it, and it would be 100%. great, right? If we were if we were talking about Colin Kaepernick in twenty twenty because we were having a real conversation about what he wanted to talk about, but instead, right? Yeah. Right. It's the complete opposite. And by the way, in 2020, Colin Kaepernick will still not have a job as an NFL quarterback. He's never playing in the NFL again. It's it's just not going to happen. No. Yeah. And neither is Eric Reed. No. Right. Hmm. Like, Eric Reed is done. Boy, that's pretty sad. It is. To the extent that uh, Trump has been able to make this. And and, and also, uh, the one that, that, like you, that I'm really... That I feel just no regard for at all. Are the owners? Just such uh, a I mean, bunch they're of, cowards. They t- they're cowards. It really was of. amazing to watch last year. There's not one of them, right? Not one of them. 
Well, they they all last year they all no. no There's that, a couple who want to be. That's a good way to put they it. They want to stand up and yeah. yeah but there's where a are couple they? who want to be. But, but the owner of the Jaguars, I think. The owner of the Jaguars, I think, uh, and the, has the been guy the from the Eagles. And the guy from the Eagles. But like, remember last year, uh, every single one of these owners, including Jerry Jones and all these other yeah. goblins, came out to take a knee with their players. Yes. Oh, yeah. Right. And make a big show of we support the anthem, but also we feel that this is important, right? And and the fact that they got Jerry Jones down on one knee, yeah. Was amazing. But that was all... Again, and less than a year later, now what? It's all a matter of control. That was yeah. their way to co-opt the mm. whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you think Jerry Jones gives a damn about police violence? No. Right. Jerry no. Jones wants these guys to go out and play football and keep printing money for him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and this is, like, and the thing is, you talk, this is a league that's built on, on majority black labor to make... A gang of white dudes, a whole lot of money. <laughs> I know that is. It shouldn't be shocking that this is the way this is played out, right? Yeah. But like at the same time, these guys are cowards, right? And they're fools. Like they think that they think they're gonna what you're gonna appease Donald Trump. It's almost it almost makes you think that they 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 like this. Remember, as much as they say they don't, yeah. How much of this goes back to um, when he owned a team and he tried to get? Well, he wanted to own a team. I thought he had a team. He owned and he a USFL. To get he owned a USFL team. You, that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, and he sued yeah. the and, NFL. Right. Oh, they and hate tr- him. And he tried to get in the NFL. Yeah, he and tried they to buy let, the Bills. They wouldn't let him in because he's. Yeah, they right. hate him. Yeah. It's so funny. We talked about this a little bit last week, where uh, you know there was this great idea where they had a, a, a football team that played not in the winter. But we'll played in the summer, and it's sort of a counter-programming thing. Yeah, You've got the NFL yeah. that happens, but then during the offseason, these players can continue to play. And Donald Trump had the brilliant idea, the great idea, to convince them to try and go head-to-head with the NFL, one of the po- most powerful organizations in the world, not just in sports, but in the world. And Donald Trump was like, we're going to go head-to-head with them. And guess what? They got completely owned. They won they a got dollar dominated. Yeah, they won a dollar in court. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the good news for Donald Trump is now he owns all 32 teams. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, so that's bleak, but yeah. true. So this this goes back, right? That's still uh, Yeah, there's there's blood there. There's like wounds. Mm-hmm. They don't like him. But they but you know again, like I'm skeptical. I'm I'm a cynic. You know that. I've been here enough times. You know <laughs> by, that by the way, if, uh, if, if you're the club, <laughs> no, if you're not a cynic in this town, right, right, you might as well go home. Yeah, yeah you exactly. haven't been here long enough, right? <laughs> right, <laughs> absolutely. Like, yeah, oh yeah, no. It's a beautiful day outside, but <laughs> yeah, right. It's not that beautiful. But we could have a thunderstorm right. any moment, right? <laughs> uh, but I, I'm at the point where I think they might like it. They're getting what they want out of it, which is to shut players down. At this point, yeah. I think you're absolutely right. Why yeah. bring it up? Why bring it up this summer? This was gone. Yeah. Ap- yes. No one was protesting no. in the playoffs. That was also my first reaction is, is suddenly, where did this come from? <laughs> right. I thought that it sort of gone like, away. No, no one was still protesting during the playoffs. By week 17 last year, there were like six dudes protesting. This wasn't going to be an issue. Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. W- you blackballed him out of the league. You don't have to worry about him. Like, mm-hmm. if you didn't, if you didn't sort of like this, 
if you didn't sort of see it as your opportunity to crack down on these guys, well, just shut up. Right. Yeah. And instead, in the middle of June or in the middle of May, for no reason, we're talking about the national anthem again. 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 Right. Travis Walter here with us from uh, Huffington Post on this uh, Memorial Day special with uh, lots to talk about. And um, one thing you and I have talked often about, Washington, D.C., you know, our, our teams, if they get to the playoffs, they never move on, right? They, yeah. They, 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 and, and we always get almost almost to the threshold, except for the Redskins. Uh, I, I was um, Washington's football I, team. Washington's football team, thank you. <laughs> but the Nats, they always let us down, the Washington football team. And uh, and the Caps until this year, and now we have a team in the in the finals. In the finals, yeah, it's so great. I know what happened. Who knows? And by the way, because they were they this it looked is the like worst they were going to blow it. Yeah, after but, getting ahead. Yeah, and then but this is also the this has been the worst team they've had in the regular season in several years, and now here we are. Right, that's how it works, right? So it's uh, of all these expectations. Yeah, years yeah. pass, and now this year they get in the playoffs, and you're like, "Well, just glad to be here." And but it's pretty exciting. It's been really exciting. It's yeah. been awesome, and I'm really happy. Alex Ovechkin and Nick Backstrom, like these guys who've been stalwarts for the Caps, and it's a great story too because now you're going up against Vegas, Vegas, which is just now, got in the league like eight minutes ago. Yeah, I like, know. It's <laughs> the first time it's ever happened. Right, that, that, that an expansion team has made it to the Stanley Cup Finals. Right, and so that, um, it's the first time since like nineteen in the sixties. But yeah, that was, yeah, 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 right, right, right. That was a year when they had like half of the league was expansion teams. Right, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, okay. like it's Vegas. Right, I mean, you know, you don't. If you think of hockey, you don't think of I wasn't Vegas. Even, you got to take the sports out of it and remember what this is really all about: gambling, gambling, <laughs> gambling. Yeah. Well, that's why they have a team. I don't gamble on sports ever. Smart. Well, I don't either anymore. Okay. So, <laughs> I just um, took one broken it's legal now. just I took one it, right? just took no, one broken kneecap for me to stop. Thing. But just to finish on this, I don't even know I I I've, I've never even been to a Caps game. But Oh man, you got to go. But I've been to I love hockey. Oh, okay. But when I, for some reason I just haven't seen the Caps, but if you Caps Versus is Vegas that great a team? I mean, what's what? Well, what's the, the outlook here? Well, I mean, Vegas is hot. Are they? And Vegas yeah. also has Mark Andre Fleury in goal, who is like the Caps' nemesis because he was in Pittsburgh for the last three years, four years. Man, uh huh. And so oh. it's like, oh, you oh. finally got rid of Pittsburgh, mm. and now here, now here, here's your old, you here's your of, old yeah, part of Pittsburgh, <laughs> right? Uh, so okay. we'll see. I mean, I don't know. I didn't think – I thought the Caps were – I thought uh, Tampa was a significant favorite over the Caps. And yeah. Huh. Yet here we are. So, All right. So sports betting. Uh, the Supreme Court says states can do it. Uh, and uh, good news for New Jersey particularly, uh, but other states as well. Um, what's wrong with that decision? I'm not a gambler either, but um, why should Nevada be the only state where you can do sports sports gambling? Well, the Supreme Court says it shouldn't be. Right. And I think they're probably like they're right. I mean, this was a pretty this was an expected decision. Uh back during oral arguments in December or September, October, somewhere mm-hmm. back there. Yeah. Um when when those ended it most of the observers came away and said they thought, Okay, the Supreme Court's gonna throw this out. You know, the argument is, we we have we have so much illegal gambling. 
you might yeah. as well. <laughs> you know, breaking news: prohibition yeah. doesn't work. Pro- right. <laughs> prohibiting vices doesn't work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it'll be fascinating to see what happens next because this could go to Congress. Uh, this could go to. I mean, we we are already seeing it. Several states are moving forward. Uh, I would expect even more follow. I mean, I even saw in D.C. they talked about the council is apparently taking up a legalization here or thinking of it. And uh, I've also seen uh, people, some expect that this could go not just to like gambling parlors, electric casinos, but actually into the ballparks themselves. And into the, the ballpark. I mean, I would, I would be, I, I think it's inevitable that if gambling is legal in the United States, if sports betting is legal in the United States, it will end up in the stadiums. Mm. The teams are going to want their cut. The leagues are going to want their cut. Like this is a so that means if you believe got the hot dog stand, the ice cream stand, and then the bookie, right, yeah, right there, yeah. Right. And you place well, your, it's like it's not you that place different. your bets right there. On it's the, not that different in England. In England, if you go to soccer, soccer matches, game. they're not in the stadium, but there's like a Ladbrokes or a you know Paddy Power right across from the stadium. You go throw four pounds in on your team and go walk to the game. You know, you have your bet slip, your meat pie, and a beer, and now you're <laughs> watching soccer. Um, you know, I can see that street leading up to that stadium. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably So where. right next to the BW3s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. You know, get that's off great. the train, drop a buck in, Nats minus 110. I think it could be beyond that. You know those guys that sell the beer up and down yeah. the aisles? Just they taking live be, bets. They could be taking live bets on every well, pitch. I think, I think they, you're also... They, you're also Seriously. going to see it on your phone. Yeah. Oh yeah, the yeah, app-based sure. gambling is. But but you know, I mean, it already exists when you look at fantasy right. stuff, right? Well, like I that. gamble on my phone now. That is essentially please gambling call, on your phone. Please don't, please don't get the FBI here. To, <laughs> I think they're busy enough right now. They don't have yeah. to deal with me. But uh, <laughs> they're busy planting spies. Yeah, in political campaigns around the country. How much time do we have, Peter? I got about a minute left. So about we should probably start left. wrapping it up. Tell me about Amy McGrath. 30 oh, seconds. pretty great campaign. Yeah. The Kentucky Six. Uh, Democrats think she has a chance to take out Andy Barr. Won, won the primary. So, and it's an interesting race in terms Your of- Your home state of Kentucky? My home state, where I went to college, in that district. And oh, in that you, district, uh, yeah. I think if you if you actually dig into her campaign, it's it's got some interesting potential implications for Democrats, uh, rural Mm-hmm. Kind of suburban Democrats, yeah, in Big, these districts like this. And this is a red district, right? It's red. It's but it's it's kind of got a purplish past. Uh-huh. It was a Democratic district from '04 to 2012. Oh, I see. It's yeah. been Republican since. It's flipped like six times since the '70s. Right. So it's and this Kentucky six said it sixth, the sixth district, sixth district in Kentucky. Okay. Andy Barr is the Republican. Well, so go forget him, but keep your eye on that. Amy McGrath, right? She's an interesting, interesting candidate. Okay. Hey, um, thank you for coming in on Memorial Day. Of course. Day. Spending uh, the, 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 the first part, at any rate, of your day off here with the uh, with the Bill Press Show. And for all of you, uh, have a great day, great Memorial Day. We'll be all be back in full fashion live with all the news of the day uh, tomorrow. We we'll look forward to seeing you then. Meanwhile, have a great one from all of us. Happy Memorial Day. This is The Bill Press Show.